Pedrosian throws to Sandberg, and the pitch is grounded to second base. Thompson has it, throws to first. It's over. 27 years of waiting have pumped on in. The Giants have won the pennant. All right, we're back with the Thompson to Clark podcast. Myself, Double G, with my buddy Brad. How is your December 7th... Uh, sort of late enough in the year to where it feels like Christmas, but it's still a few weeks until Christmas. I know you have the the two girls. I have the 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 two boys and the three stepkids. Are are you feeling like Christmas yet? Are, is it does it feel like you know the season? You know it does in our house. I like to put up the outside Christmas lights usually the weekend after Halloween. I don't turn them on because our homeowners association would not like that, (laughs) but, but I put them up because we're on a walking path and we have a big open space next to us. So people walk by all day, all night, dogs, everything. So I kind of like to have the lights on the, on the fence for everybody to see as they walk by. So that's, so, so that's kind of felt a little Christmassy around here for a while. The kids are 14 and 12 now. So it's like, you know, we're doing what we can to keep their spirits up because they just went to, um, you know, got kicked back to a home, um, distance learning, uh, for the rest of the school. Well, not the rest of the school year, but the rest of, uh, this semester until the, uh, the winter break, then they're going to go back apparently in January, but who knows? Um, and we have been watching lots of Christmas specials, lots of Christmas movies. Um, my wife and I, in the evenings, we like to throw on the, uh, the Hallmark or the lifetime movies, especially if it has the great Mario Lopez in it, because you can't go wrong with a Christmas movie with Mario Lopez in it, right? So we like to throw those on and just laugh and just crack up at the plot lines and the you know the everything else. The 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 wife has been quote unquote gone for a year, year and a half. You don't know what happened to her, but she's been gone, and you know he's trying to find a new wife, and it, it's it's good. So we've got a lot of Christmas spirit going on in this house and have since like the beginning of November, I kind of blasted past Thanksgiving. I was like, Hey, you know, come on, let's, let's get, <laughs> let's get out of this 2020. Let's get all the good stuff up. Elvis Christmas, you know, let's do this. So yeah, it's been kind of crazy. And you got the little ones, man. So you've got, you've yeah, got I, I've stuff. got the little ones, but the, the boys don't like the boys were kind of trained very early on that, you know, the whole Santa thing was, was, you know, maybe, maybe not on the up and up, but <laughs> the girl, the, the youngest, uh, she's, uh, she's still good. She, she's still rock solid. I, I can kind of like, you know, a couple of times I, when they've acted up, I've, you know, I've called Santa on the phone and I'm like, guys, I'm about to push call you guys, you bet. He's he's on you know he's on, uh, he's on my favorites list on my phone. Now, have um, you guys ever done the Elf on the Shelf? So I, my kids were too old by the time that came out, and then with these guys, um, you know that they, they, they're I don't think they're the the whole thing with the with um you know because because their parents my my wife they they were split up like you know, very early right. uh, in Ada's life, who's the youngest. And so it's kind of like hard to do that whole thing yeah. uh, back and forth. But I, my my niece and my nephew are like, 
they're in a hundred percent on this elf on the shelf thing. I'm just like, of all the things to be able to Ugh. believe in, this is the silliest one, but I guess <laughs> it works. Like I hear all kinds of stories from people with young kids who like, they like use this thing to get these kids to act straight, man. Yeah. And you know, my sister was so into that with her boys and now they're, you know, 20 something and, and the older or the youngest one is like, you know, 18, 19, but we never did it. And I mean, call me lazy, but you know, I'm like you, we're always busy. Mm-hmm. There's always something going. I didn't have time to do another weird thing like that. I was like, you know, the kids had actually asked about it. They came back from the cousin's house. They said, hey, uh, Trevor and Tyler have the elf on the shelf. When does ours show up? And I said, oh, we made the call and uh, we found out we're not getting an elf. They're not mm-hmm. dropping one off at our house. So it's not happening here. So they were just kind of like, okay. And, and that was the end. Of that. So, so we never did it. We never planned to do it. I just didn't want to get up at, you know, two o'clock in the mo- morning and move this darn thing, you know? Yeah, yeah for totally. <laughs> I like, like I, I can, I can say that if, if it was a thing when my boys were young, I would have been all over it. Cause that's kind of my thing is just like, yeah. like even today, like, you know, my boys are 21 and 19 and you know, when I, when I write on their Christmas presents, who it's from, I still put like SC and they just, yeah. so they'll laugh, like just, awesome. you know, they'll, they'll, they'll crack up. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so, the, so the reason why I asked you this to open up shows because, this is not a normal year. And I was just wondering if people feel the Christmas spirit while during the pandemic, because it's not like we're going outside and going to Starbucks and seeing the red cups or going downtown and seeing the gigantic tree with the lights or walking around our neighborhoods and seeing all the lights that, that are out there. Like not, not, that stuff isn't happening as much as it was in previous years. And it's just sort of like, yeah, well, we're doing the same thing we've been doing since March. And, yeah. and so I, I just didn't know like how everyone was feeling. Well, I don't know if you've noticed, <clears throat> but in our neighborhood, um, and I think it's because people haven't gone on vacations this year as much. People have a little bit of extra money, maybe. Um, you know, the people who are, who are lucky enough to hang on to the jobs during all of this. We're seeing some gigantic blowups in yards that we've never seen before. I uh, went by this one house on our way out of the neighborhood and they had a, a, a snowman, a frosty, the snowman blow up that was as tall as their single story house. And I was like, my God, that thing's huge. And uh, I'd never seen it before in that person's yard. And then about a week later, I drove by their house again. They had a Santa Claus that was a good five or six feet taller than that, <laughs> than that wow. frosty. And so I'm seeing a lot more of those gigantic, like $120, $130 blow ups in people's yards, a lot more light. So and I've also noticed them a lot earlier too uh, this year. At least in this in this neighborhood and in, in Reno in general, I think people just said, "You know what? Screw it. We're putting this stuff out the beginning of November. Finest. Do whatever you got to do." But we're getting some spirit going, so it's it's been kind of nice to be walking around the hood in the evening and seeing that stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so we'll save the uh, the part about the quick thoughts about what we're drinking in a second. But I wanted to hit. This interview that Farhan Zaidi did with Tim Kawakami, it was last week, uh, I think it was like literally the day after our podcast came out, 
And that's I was always so, the that's always the timing though, isn't it? <laughs> like we finish a podcast and then this great stuff comes out and we're like, now we gotta wait a week. <laughs> I know, I know. We gotta wait a week and we're I'm like, okay, you know, this is what we're gonna talk about on the next show, and you're like, uh, we just did it. Yeah. <laughs> Seven days from now. <laughs> so we're super intrigued because the last show we talked about the arb eligible the arbitration eligible folks, as well as the tendering and non-tendering. Who was going to get tendered a contract? Who was going to get re-signed uh, just you know, right, right away? And so this podcast comes out and Kawakami is sort of asking him all the questions that we were wondering about. And I guess there's a couple of points that I was super intrigued in and I wanted to get your thoughts. Kawakami brought up the idea of there being a market inefficiency that the Giants could possibly exploit. And that inefficiency is the fact that a lot of teams are not going to spend money this year. And so if the Giants have money to spend and they are actually buyers rather than you know sellers or rather than just staying pat, they could be attractive to some some uh, possible players and and i you know the way that kawakami said it i was like you know what that makes a lot of sense but does that mean that the giants are going to sign big time players or does that mean and what i'm assuming it means is in the is in the farhan sense there's going to be players that the giants will be competitive on but they may be able to to go a little bit higher extra dollar here and there to get guys sort of fringe guys zady guys like we talked about with vossler who maybe they would have come up short on in previous years yeah i i found that part pretty interesting too i like that he asked about bauer and springer um kawakami did and uh and zady's basically said oh yeah we don't talk about that yeah yeah we're, we're, we're playing poker here guy. <laughs> you know, we're not going to talk about <laughs> anybody we've talked to anybody we made an offer to we're not talking about that but yeah i mean that's you know the beautiful part about the 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 whole thing that i really gleaned from it was um when he talked about in 2000 22, you know, all the money that's going to be coming in. So he said, they're going to kind of be a little careful spending this year. Again, is that a bluff? I don't know. It, it very well could be. Um, but that the ownership is constantly encouraging him and his crew to do what they need to do to put a compelling product out there. Mm -hmm. So as a Giants fan, you know, that's what you like to hear. You still like to hear that. Okay, well, maybe we're not going to go out and get crazy this year. Now, maybe it's not the Bauer. Maybe it's not the Springer year. There's going to be more free agents as time comes up. I mean, think about it. <laughs> a shot in the dark. But for Fernando Tatis, because he started on the roster at the beginning of the year in 2019, he's a free agent in four years. That's kind yeah. of exciting, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a little exciting. But, um, but to think that, you know, the Giants still will be spending money and still going out there and making a push for those free agents. That's so fun to hear as a Giants fan, because you saw the step we took this past year. And then 
let's say we get 162 games in next year. Uh, and then you start to build that roster a little bit with some, not, not necessarily some veterans, but some mid range guys, some guys in their 27, 28, 29 year seasons, uh, to add with the aging veterans that we have, plus all the youngsters that we have coming up. Um, the future is definitely bright and to see that they're not really going to hold back this year and say, you know, Hey, you know what? We're still building. Let's see the roster we just had. We'll, patchwork together a starting pitching staff and go from there to to not hear that is awesome to hear that yeah yeah we're gonna be competitive we are going to spend money um, we're gonna do it safely this year but then next year to know that oh we might get a little crazy next year is is, is pretty awesome to hear so the other thing that i thought was was super interesting is this uh idea that because of the way the park played last year, that at least as far as Zadie is hearing, free agents are no longer, free agent hitters, I should say, are no longer as scared of uh, AT&T, Pac-Bell, uh, and now Oracle Park as they once were. And so the Giants might be in play with some for some hitters that that you know previously would have been scared off because of the way the park played when it was a a lot larger and b i guess the way that they like situated some of the netting like really cut down some of the wind that was knocking balls down uh i i don't i don't know the exact science behind it but i was reading about that last year just just the 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 cutting down of the wind knocking balls down and so it, it sounds like you know you know i mean we've heard Giancarlo stanton bryce harper like eh, you know we're gonna use you guys to to raise our price but we really do not want to hit there and now maybe they will get guys, but on the flip side is I wonder what pitchers may now be scared to come over. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's a good point because it always has been a pitcher's ballpark. It's still going to play like a pitcher's ballpark because you got to remember too, we started the season in July. Yeah. I mean, you know, July, it's warmer. You don't have as much wind as you do in like, you know, late March, April, May. That's when it's really, really a pitcher's ballpark. And then you switch it over to late September, early October, and it becomes a pitcher's ballpark again. It's not necessarily a hitter's ballpark uh, during the summer, but it does play a little bit smaller. But yeah, that outfield scrim, they did ask, uh, uh, you know, Tim did ask uh, Zaidi about that during the interview. And he said, are you going to leave the outfield scrim? meaning the archways in right field, usually where you can get the walk-up crowd. It's free. They walk up. They can watch the game through the archways um, and, you know, see a little bit of the action. Then after about a half inning or so, they kind of get ushered out and a new group comes in. Mm -hmm. Um, But they did close those off for obvious reasons. They wanted to keep people away from the ballpark and say, look, we're not (laughs) <laughs> this is not open to the public in 2020. This is a COVID situation. We don't want people gathering. We don't yep. want people watching. So that's why they put that scrim up. Well, the science behind it, from my understanding, is that the wind would come in there off of McCovey Cove, swirl in, and help push the ball back into the yard. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily when the ball was so far up in the air, but when it would start to come off the bat, that little jet stream coming in there would help 
pushed the ball back just a touch, just enough. And then by the time it got up in the air, uh, that wind up there would then knock it down even more. Well, without that pushing in from the bottom, that's allowing the ball to fly further, which we saw this year. So, I mean, you know, did that make it a hitter's ballpark? You know, maybe there'd have to be a lot of tests done and everything else. I don't think they're going to. I don't think we'll ever know if that's exactly what made it a hitter's ballpark or the ball has changed again. I mean, that's kind of been the conspiracy theory, right? For a couple of years, the ball has changed. Um, A lot of pitchers say this is not the same type of baseball I threw three years ago. This ball is different. The seams are lower. It's got more bounce to it. So again, is that, you know, kind of ramping up a little bit as the years go on. But again, to be able to finally get some, some big hitters, um, for the giants to be able to, you know, entice some of the bigger hitters to come into the yard. That would be really cool. But yeah, how does that play with the pitch? <laughs> you know, do you, you want to get Bauer? He probably says, well, yeah, but the ball jumped out of there last year. I don't know if I want that, but, yeah, but they, it's they, still, they need, they need to fix it. Like every half inning, like when the giants yeah. are hitting <laughs> <laughs> like the Metrodome, right in the eighties, yeah. yeah. the Metrodome. And they actually did talk to a guy who said, I think we talked to about this on one of our podcasts. They talked to a, an older gentleman who used to work there who said, Oh yeah, I used to turn on the fans when the opposing team was hitting and it would push it from center field. All the air would get pushed towards home plate. And then I would turn them off when we were hitting. Yeah. I mean, and then, you know, and then of course the twins organization said, nah, that didn't really happen. But, eh, I don't know. <laughs> All right. So, uh, moving on, uh, I do want to get, I do want to know what you're drinking quickly. We opened up yeah, a yeah. little, a little long with the Christmas stuff, but, uh, I do, do want to know what you're drinking. Yeah. Well, uh, and, and to go with the Christmas theme, I'm, am a hophead when it comes to beers. I am pretty much married to Sierra Nevada. Uh, brewing company. They are, have been, you know, so to speak in my blood since I started discovering what good beer was. And, uh, I think I had my first year in Nevada. Oh, it was probably around 93, 94 when I first started drinking beer. And I was like, wow, this stuff is fantastic. It's hoppy. It's good. So I've got, uh, this year's version of the, um, uh, Sierra Nevada Celebration Fresh Hop IPA. It's a staple in my refrigerator every Christmas season. I only got a six pack this year, but I did do a total wine order uh, this afternoon and I'll be picking it up tomorrow. And I threw a 12 pack in there because you can never have enough of this stuff in your fridge. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hoppy, it's malty, it's warming. Uh, just one of those things that during the during the winter, it reminds me, every time I take a sip of this, I go, it is the Christmas season. We are heading into a new year and it just kind of, uh, you know, it's that, that, that homey Christmas feeling. Mm-hmm. All right, so for me... I'm going to save the thing that I did buy specifically for this show until next week. And the reason why I'm not drinking it right now is because when the 49ers play, I have a little bit of a routine. And at, oh, the 49ers right. are going to play about uh, probably 15 minutes after we're done recording this. And my what I do is... so. My wife is also a really big fan of Sierra Nevada. And so she gets a Sierra Nevada... And then what I do is because I'm not a beer drinker. Instead, I get I, I mentioned this before where the the Jameson brand has these whiskeys that are um, that that are sort of taste like beer, essentially. And um, the, the one that I have before the games is is uh, styled after an IPA. 
And so what I do is I get a big, big ice cube. I, I pour the couple shots of, of the, of the whiskey. And then I just fill the rest of it with uh, sparkling water. And so it about tastes as close to a beer as you, as you will possibly get when you're drinking uh, a spirit. And so I, I like, I like, so we're, I'm just, I'm doing it to kind of match with her. She's drinking beer. I'm drinking something that looks like beer in the cup and it sort of tastes like beer. <laughs> and so that's our routine for 49er game. So I'm drinking that now because that's what I'm going to drink watching the game. But now this is my routine. You mentioned total wine. When we, when she, when she goes, uh, when she's down uh, uh, to a bottle, we, we do a, a total wine run. And so total wine will do a delivery. If you need to, if you know, if you want, if you want to, to order, they'll, they'll deliver, but you have to reach a hundred bucks. If you reach a hundred bucks, they'll deliver. And then I think they charge like 10 bucks for delivery. Oh, and that, the, that's a hundred bucks on wine though, right? No, on any. Oh, it can be anything. Yeah, oh, so yeah. Yeah, ours here is wine. You can't do wine and beer Oh wow! for over a hundred bucks and get free delivery. So that's why I do the, um, stall pickup. You just and pull you just into a stall. Right, no, right, they the bring it out side. to you. Yeah. 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 So anyways, so every time we get pretty close down, then I'll, I'll get her, you know, six or seven bottles of wine that'll last her for a little while. And then I'll pick up something that I've never had before, generally. So we got to last weekend and I was like, oh, you know, how close are you to, to needing more wine? And she's like, ah, oh, you know, we, we can probably make a, a total wine uh, run. And I was like, great, because... I need something different to drink when I'm talking to Brad, and so I, I got this different uh, this different style of bourbon that I'll I'll make sure to drink next week, and then I can I can talk about it. But that's kind of my thing is like every time I'm like, are you close yet? Are you close? Because I want to get something new so that I can mention it on this podcast. Well, the the order I put in today, I've got all kinds of cool, fantastic stouts that I picked up. Um, some of them I can't have though because they're like. 22 ounce or 750 milliliter bottles. Yeah, I can't really have that while we're doing a podcast. I won't, I won't, I'll get about halfway through. I'll be on the floor and I'll be having a, you know, swimming. So <laughs> I can't really do that. But I've got some I've got some cool like chocolate stouts that I picked mm. up and some other. I actually got I got a cinnamon churro ale. So that one I'm very excited about. All right, so let's move on to some of the other things we were going to talk about, which is the Giants did sign some guys. They did tender contracts to other guys, which means they will go into arbitration if they don't sign before arbitration date. And then they non-tendered some guys, which means those guys are now free agents. But it doesn't mean that the Giants cannot re-sign them. It just means that they do not have them uh, on the books right now. So let's go through these. I just want to get your quick thoughts on the group. Uh, so the group of people who they re-signed before arbitration, uh, I think the, the the ones that stand out the most is you have Alex Dickerson, who we've now seen uh, play pretty well for uh, the last couple years. Uh, Austin Slater, who's been around for a little while. Dickerson signs for 2.1 for this year. Austin Slater signs for 1.15. Another guy who we were kind of talking about because the MLB has still not been 100% sure if the National League will have a DH or not. Can you imagine trying to fill out a team when the, the, the league doesn't even have the rules correct mm -hmm. yet? They signed Darren Ruff, 1.275. What do you think about about those those are the outfielders uh, of the folks that they brought back 
You know, all of those I love um, because, the, you know, this this is the team that they put together last year and this is the team that could hit. I mean, Slater, you know, had his moments last year. Dickerson was a force. I mean, to see him to be able to play 162 games, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, he won't play 162 because the way um, Kapler fills out the lineup, he likes to give guys rotation, rest. He's, he's kind of a bochy um to, uh, has a bochi mentality when it comes to that. You know, the hot hand, uh, give some guys some rest. He does go by a lot of analytics too, which is good. Um, but to see rough, yeah, that's a tough one. But again, for 1.275 million. Now, let's say they don't have the DH, right? Uh, he's a good trade candidate to an American League ball club in my opinion. So that, that could, you know, get back another, like a, another reliever, a minor league pitcher, uh, something else. Just, he's not going to bring back a big haul, but that's not a lot of money. 1.275 mil is not a lot of money for a guy who could DH for you, you know, 70, 80 games in a season. So I like those three signings so far. All right. On the pitching side, uh, Garcia at nine fifty K Trevor Gott, who we know uh, had some struggles this year, to say the least. He 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 helped me create the the phrase "Trevor Gott got got," <laughs> and uh, and then they brought back uh, he him for seven hundred thousand, Wandy Peralta for nine hundred and twenty five thousand. Well, here's the deal on, on Gott. Okay. So I, I kind of wanted to do a little bit of a deep dive on him because I, I said there had to be a reason that, but again, $700,000. I mean, yeah, come on. Yeah, that's not, that's what is that league minimum? Maybe I don't even know if that's even, you know, that's probably just a touch above league minimum of this, especially year. for someone who can dial it up to 95 and right. who, you know, is probably not a ninth inning guy like the giants, maybe tried to use him as is, but is probably a, a very good six, seven inning guy, six right. or seventh inning guy. And speaking of that, I looked at his numbers cause I, I went to fan graphs. I did a little deep dive and uh, Trevor God did not get got when he pitched before the ninth inning mm-hmm. last year. Okay. This is just last year. And we only have 11 and two thirds innings to go off of God from last year. Um, when he pitched before the ninth inning last year, he had a 1.69 ERA in five innings. Then when he pitched in the ninth, he had a 17.5 ERA <laughs> in the ninth inning, right? So he's not your high leverage guy, but can he pitch you two innings out of the bullpen when you're down seven to five in the fifth and sixth innings? Probably, especially if you can dial it up to 90 miles an hour. Um, he can certainly get you out of a jam in the, you know, in the fifth or sixth inning, keep you within uh, a striking distance and go from there for $700,000. I mean, that's, that, that is, so a lot of people are going to look at God and say, well, the guy blew it. Well, he's not going to be our closer next year, right? I mean, that's uh, a guy we're going to talk about here soon is probably going to be our closer. So don't worry about that. But then back in 2019, uh, he had a 4.44 ERA when he pitched in the ninth, he only pitched four and two thirds innings in 2019, and the rest of his action was 39 innings before the ninth. So he wasn't a closer before this, and he's not going to be closer going forward. So everybody just rest assured. What do you think of the idea that the Giants need to add a closer? You know what? And we're going to get to this guy next, Reyes Moranto. Mm-hmm. He was slated to 
really be thrust into that closer role starting the 2020 season. And then he had the injury and the arm surgery. Um, if he can come back strong, that's the guy who's going to get a chance to win that job. So I, I don't think they need to go out and pay. I mean, as Zadie said in the interview, um, he even mentioned, look, the best bullpens are homegrown bullpens. Mm-hmm. So he gave you a clue right there that we will not make a Melanson mistake. That's, that's not what this regime is going to do. There are guys out there. There's guys, there's closers, but do you want to pay him closer money and use that type of money when you can find yourself a closer in your organization? You might have two or three guys that can close. The problem was in 2020, you only had 60 games to figure that out. Yeah. I mean, if you blew a game, it was so magnified yep. compared to if you like have a hundred three games. Absolutely. So if and if you have 162 games and you're trying to find your closer in March and April, that's OK. You can do that. You know, you can give up a game or two here or there to find your guy. Um, so with that being said, I don't think they personally need to go out and, and spend, you know, 10, 12 million a year on a guy to close. So I think they've got him in the organization right now. All right. So you talked about Maranta. They tendered him. So he'll go to arbitration unless they can uh, agree before arbitration. And then... One of the MVPs of the season for them, Donnie Barrels, he is also tendered. He's going to go into arbitration. What do you think he's going to make? You know, I'm not good with numbers. I'm not good with contracts. That's really not my thing. But, you know, a guy like that, I think you've got to, at this point in his career, offer him at least a two or three year deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see, I don't say you go more than that. Cause what is he? 32 Yeah. now. So you go to like a two year, maybe a three year deal, lock him up. He's the heart and soul of the team. Um, he's a, one of the, one of the best slap hitters I've seen the giants have in years. Um, you need somebody to get on base. He gets on base. He, he, uh, you know, he goes at, in his at bats with a really good idea. Um, he puts up quality at bats. So I don't know what the running, I don't know what the running cost for these types of guys are right now, but I mean, I say, you know, if five, six million for three years, uh, you know, each year. So, uh, you know, three years, 18, three years, 15, something like that. Um, yes, that so, so did I go overboard? I don't well, know. <laughs> I, I, I actually, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, I, I want to say like, the number that I had heard was something like four million or something, but I don't. I, I honestly don't know. Um, so according to, I think this is Alex Pavlovich. He's this is back before they tendered guys. He said uh, he would get a projected raise. Uh, to between, so this is probably whether or not he wins the case, 2.2 to 3.8. So there's going to be some wiggle room in there. If the Giants offer 2.2, what he offers back is 3.8, and then the judge sort of decides. So if they offer him a three-year $9 million, he'd probably take it, I would imagine. I mean, you're looking at three a year. I mean, you know, because then you got your your longevity, then you've got your um, stability, um, 
you're you're good for three years. I know he likes the organization. He talks highly of them. I mean, he loves Zadie. He he was with him in 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 the Los Angeles organization. I won't say their last name. Their <laughs> their actual, but we'll just go with the Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, he was he he was with him over there. He loves the organization. He likes Kapler. He speaks a world of him. So, you know, I could see him taking a, a three-year nine if, if the Giants want to go there. I mean, really, for a guy for a guy like him, and, and, and was this, uh, you know, was this one of those years where you'd look at it and say, well, it was kind of a fluke. But you know what? He finished last year hitting the same. So you have to look at it and say it was probably about, you know, 90 to 100 games where he was hitting like this. Um and was uh, was in the running for, um, you know, uh, did he get the Silver Slugger? I believe he mm-hmm. did, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Silver Slugger. So he got the Silver Slugger Award. And I think I read something today where he's, maybe they're waiting to see if he gets on the, what is it, the MLB, um, the all MLB team. Is that something new, by the way? I yeah, I just heard about I, that too. I think you, like Yastrzemski, uh, he was he was up for it. So I don't know if it's like first team, second team, third team, like the NBA. Yeah, so but I, I think saw that, something about that too. I thought something. I thought that was interesting. I hadn't heard about that before, and I, I used to be all about awards when I was a kid and watching all. First, I've ever heard of this one. Yeah. Um, so so sounds maybe they're made, waiting. Sounds made up. To me. <laughs> yeah, it really does. And I, so I read that he's waiting to maybe see if he makes it on that. And I thought, well, what the hell's that? If it's only the first year they've ever done this, then what? Yeah. Uh, what do you what do you base that on? You know, do I, you can't put that up against. Well, this guy has six of those, and I got my first. No, you can't do that. It's the first season of doing that so um yeah. but anyways i i wouldn't mind seeing him locked up for two or three years uh really at second base there's nobody floating in behind him in the organization at this point um but again at, down on the radar for free agencies coming forward in next year and the year after that who's going to be out there um so i think that kind of plays into it as well okay so what you're talking about this is actually the second year oh of doing right. The All MLB Team Awards to give a more comprehensive honor that covered the full breadth of the big league season, complementing the All-Star Game selections that are awarded just past the season's halfway point. So basically, it's a um, it looks like it's a fan vote of some sort. So uh, selection process started on. Uh, October 29th, it looks like, and it went through November 13th. 50% of the vote coming from fans, 50% of the vote coming from a panel of experts. Um, and it looks like the announced team will be uh, will be this week. So as of we're recording this, and with our luck, it'll come out literally the second that we publish. <laughs> <laughs> and so there are first and second team all MLB and voters are asked only to consider the performance during the regular season when casting their ballots. Each team will include one selection at each position, uh, five starting pitchers and two relievers in order to include as many deserving candidates as necessary in a given year. There will be no set number of nominees per position. So, so interesting. N- did you I, I did you say offensive and defensive? Do they do they weight it one way or the other? Is it or is it just all around ball player? Yeah, you know when you make it 
partly fan voting. Like it literally doesn't matter. It, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, because you've got this. Uh, I ask because you've got the silver slugger. Yeah. And, and that's that is offense only. Yep. You've got the golden glove that is defense only. So this is just uh, another fan vote to drive people to the MLB website. I don't I don't know, man. I nobody asked me. I'm a fan. I, I had no idea. I, I, I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> so, so maybe the, the announcements, I think, came out in the last day or two. Right. And, so uh, you had mentioned if uh, if Solano was on the ballot. So. You know, he was on the ballot and then they, I think it was, was it yesterday where they drilled it down to, or maybe it was today, they basically drilled it down to the top three vote getters at every position. He was not one of the top three vote getters at second okay. base, but there are um, nine, uh, nine in the outfield and Yastrzemski is on that list for one of the, uh, one of the teams there. Well, you know, and that's cool. I, I, I think that's good. You know, as a Giants fan, you like to see that, of course. So, uh, you know, commence with the voting, I guess. There you go. And and they don't they don't split this up by league either. So it's oh, it's, okay. it's, it's, it's NL and AL combined. Okay. Well, so, I mean, you know, I mean, Yastrzemski is one of the top nine guys in, in both leagues combined. That's actually pretty cool. That is pretty cool. All right. So I'm not skeptical about it anymore. I like it. How about I, I, I literally think it's just to drive ratings to the MLB network. I th- I'm, it, per- I'm pretty sure that's what it's about. It, it probably is because everybody's watching football right now. I so know. that's, you know, and they were like, hey, don't forget about us. But when, whenever we do this podcast, you know, I sit here and I look at these guys and I start looking at them and then we start talking about these guys again. I'm like, damn it, start the season now because I'm getting antsy for baseball again, even though it's December. Well, you know, what I was thinking about, so based on, you know, let's say, I, I mean, we, we don't know anything can happen, but let's say in June, the vaccine has sort of taken control and, and we're sort of back to normal. Um, you know, that's that that's the middle of the baseball season. I don't know what teams are thinking about as far as fans and such, but, you know, MLB and the NBA kind of got jacked based on the timing of this. The NFL looks like they're saying, you know what? Our season is short as it is. We're going to just bust through this thing, no matter what happens. And then when we come back in the fall, everything will be back to normal. And they sort of lucked out like the NFL always does in this situation because they are playing a full season in the pandemic, but their season is shorter and they won't have to have two seasons compromised, whereas the NFL, I mean, the NBA and Major League Baseball will have two seasons compromised by the pandemic. So I thought that was kind of interesting way of thinking about it. The NFL in their one season, it was almost like, you know what, we're going to take the hits. But when we come back, it should be back to normal. Yeah. Hey, you're right on that. I never actually thought about that because in the other thing with the NFL, too, is that they've already done. They were already practicing uh, doing um, walkthroughs and workouts and <clears throat> game planning and everything else, uh, virtually, yeah. um, they're having to shut down facilities and do everything virtually and practice virtually anyways. So if they have to do that, you know, cause usually after the draft, they get right in and do rookie camp, you know, right away. So if they have to do that virtually, it's like, well, we've already done that one so we can do that. But yeah, baseball is going to, that's a tough one too. And then you got to think about guys like Buster Posey, Buster Posey sat out the season, not only 
you know, because of the virus, but he figured, well, this is a good time. It's a 60 game season. It's a short season. I'm only going to miss half a season basically. And I've got new twins. Mm -hmm. So I've got to stay safe and I can help my wife and and help the household and and be there for everybody. Um, What does he do next year? You know, if they start the season still in the middle of a pandemic or not in the middle, hopefully near the tail end of it, does he stay out until July? Does he do a half a season? You know, what happens there? So you're going to get guys like that where you're not sure what's exactly going to happen. So are we going to start the season, even though we may not have crowds, are we still going to start it regularly with all the regular characters and cast of characters and players and everybody else that we normally have? I don't know, man. It's still kind of up in the air. All right. So then of the folks that they non-tendered, Melvin, Adon, Adon, I don't even, I don't, not sure I even know who that is. <laughs> uh, Tyler Anderson, Rico Garcia, Daniel Robertson, who they got from uh, Tampa Bay, and then uh, Brad's favorite player, Chadwick Trump. Love that guy. So those guys they non tendered. I think Anderson comes up on a lot of lists as the best players who will get non tendered. But as we said at the beginning of this podcast, because teams are so unwilling to spend money it is possible that the giants could bring him back at maybe uh you know what would have been a reduced cost i'm I'm not sure about that but uh but that that is he he's the biggest name on that list uh, uh as far as across the whole league well, I think Trump also, I had heard uh, rumblings and, and seen on Twitter that there's a possibility the Giants grab him back in a, on a minor league deal. And a lot of these guys, just because they're non-tendered, they can come back on minor league deals. Tyler Anderson will not be one of those guys because he, he will be in a rotation somewhere. Um, that That's just kind of how that's that's playing out. But there are a lot of other guys, too, from other teams that were non-tendered. Do you want to get to that at all? Or I, I, I mean, know do you, have, you have, do time. have a couple names? I've just got, yeah. So, I, so, so basically the same player with three different names, Jock Peterson, Adam Duvall, and Kyle Schwarber. They're, those guys are all 230 hitters. Swing out of their shoes. Swing out of their shoes. Huge power. Um, eh, outfielders. I mean, they're, you know, they, they stand out in the outfield. Um, they are not the greatest fielders. So you got three guys like that, um, all in their, you know, late twenties, early thirties. Um, the, the most intriguing out of all the guys, there's two of them that I, that I think the giants might actually take a look at David Dahl, uh, from Colorado, 26 years old. He's never played in more than 100 games in his career in a season. He was a, he was a, an all-star in 2019, didn't even finish the season because he was so banged up. He's always hurt, but he's a good hitter. He's a 300 hitter. He does flash power. Um, yeah, it was in cores, but I think that's maybe somebody the giants late in free agency might take a look at if he's still hanging around and Eddie Rosario, um, 29 years old. He's had MVP votes in the last two seasons, uh, 277, almost 280 hitter OPS plus career 109, but his on base percentage is 310. So do the giants look at a guy like that to maybe take over at shortstop when um, when Crawford's gone. Because um, again, you know, Rosario's only 29. So anyway, some, some names just kind of take a peek at as we go forward. The person who I thought you were going to say was Archie Bradley. You know, he's one... 
that is intriguing. Being being a Reno guy here, I got to see him pitch quite a bit for the Aces, um, which is the Diamondbacks AAA club. Uh, he he's another guy, but again, with with Zadie saying the best bullpens are homegrown bullpens, I really don't know if they're going to go that route. Because I think he's gonna he's gonna be a big money guy, because uh, he has that closer experience. Um, so I think he might be a little bit out of the Giants price range. I'd love to have him. I mean mm-hmm. that that beard, right? <laughs> Get, getting that beard on our team and pitching at AT and T with that beard would at Oracle that would be awesome, man. I'd be like full on because as a fantasy baseball guy. I grabbed him a few years in a row because the guy is lights out when it comes to strikeouts too. So, uh, but I, I just think he might be a little bit out of the range. But I'd love to have him. What position did you say Rosario played? I thought he played shortstop. I no? think he's an outfielder. Th- actually. Oh, okay. Ah, yeah. all right. he's part of the the the, the Bomba squad in uh, in Minnesota. I thought he played a little bit of shortstop, but maybe he didn't. He, he might have played some shortstop, but it would be kind of a you know. That would be a, a long shot to play shortstop, mm-hmm. especially with Ramos coming up uh, for the Giants, who is um, probably going to be one of our our, our infielders in, of the future. So who knows? Um. So the uh, the last thing we wanted to talk about is going to be Barry Bonds, and you would think, "Wow, how are you guys going to shoehorn Barry Bonds into a?" 2020 Giants podcast. Well, the reason we do is because we like to talk about the past as well. Thompson to Clark as an ode to uh, to the you know to that when we when we were watching the Giants when we were younger that team you know we talk about the the current team we're going to talk about a lot of the oldies stuff if you are just listening to us. So Barry Bonds. I think it's is it this is it this date nineteen ninety two when he signs with the Giants? It was yesterday, December sixth is when it was uh, announced. But I believe you had told me too that the ninth is when it officially happened. Yeah, because there was some stuff that they that they had to do, uh, and, and so the reason part part of the reason why this is uh, super memorable. I mean, obviously, when you get the best player in baseball on your team, it's super memorable. But you had even mentioned that, you know, we were thinking that the Giants were gone. Tampa Bay was going to get this team supposedly before uh, Peter McGowan and company came in to buy the team to keep it in San Francisco. So you go from sort of the highs of or the lows, I'm sorry, the lows of thinking that our team is not going to be around to the highs of like, not only are they going to be around, but we're also going to sign the best player in baseball. Yeah. And so going back a little bit, when the, when the giants played their final game in 1992, um, I went, uh, you know, the game was over. I went out to the garage. I was 19 years old, um, living at home. Uh, and I thought, well, I'll just go out to the garage and work on some stuff and maybe grab my glove and throw the ball against the house and, and do what I normally do. I walked out into the garage and I cried and, and, and I remember it vividly cause I didn't cry a whole lot as a teenager, but that hit me the realization that my team was leaving and leaving San Francisco. I wouldn't be able to drive up 101 again to go see another Giants game. 
So when the news came out that McGowan saved the club and, 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 and everybody else in McGowan's group, group saved the club from moving and staying there, then the next gigantic thing that happened was on December 6th, I'm in my kitchen. I think my parents were gone. Uh, out of town, had a couple of buddies over, three or four of them. We're getting ready to go out. It was like a Saturday night or something. I can't. can't I think quite you're exactly re- right that it was Saturday night. Yeah, it was a Saturday night. All of a sudden, you know, my buddy picks up the newspaper. I hadn't read it that morning. He picked up the newspaper. He goes, "Have you seen this?" And I go, "Because, again, back then I didn't have cable. I didn't have ESPN. I didn't have any of that stuff." He goes, "You didn't know about this." And, and remember, no cell phones. No, mm-hmm. <laughs> there were no iPhones. There was no internet. There was nothing that you could really find this information. And I was like, holy moly, I did not see that. And we started jumping up. Because he didn't see it either. Uh, my friend Roland. And he, so we're jumping up and down and screaming and yelling. And a couple of my other buddies who were football fans and, and knew nothing about baseball. I'm like, what the hell are you guys doing? We said, so we got the prized free agent in the market, uh, you know, in like the last 15, 20 years, we just got Barry Bonds. So we started singing, we got Barry Bonds. <laughs> we got, and I remember that vividly. And then we went out and we had a great time. I don't remember what we did, but I just remember that jubilation feeling of my team was saved from going to God awful Tampa Bay. I would have, I would have followed them in my heart. I would have been a Giants fan, no matter where that organization moves, that would have been my team. Right. But to have that happen and then have Barry Bonds come to our team was just insanity for all of us. We wanted the season to start that day. Uh, Just remember that extremely vividly and it was so much fun. So here's the story. This I'm I'm using an old Mark Purdy, (laughs) you know, Mercury News guy uh, article that he had written on the on the 20th anniversary of this date. So September 27th, 1992 Giants team owner, Bob Lurie agrees to sell the Giants to a Florida group that planned to relocate the franchise to the Tampa Bay area. They were presumed to be gone. Fast forward to, uh, November, Larry bear and Peter McGowan were scouring to romance prospective investors. This is Purdy's writing. According to Larry Bear, we had to convince people that we would figure it all out. They would ask what we were going to do about the stadium, and we had no bloody idea how we were going to deal with it. So we just had to tell people, trust us. On November 10th, National League owners rejected the Tampa Bay offer to Lurie. On November 21st, sales terms from Lurie to the McGowan Group were were finalized. And then in early December, like we just said, the new Giants owners signed Barry Bonds to a free agent contract and also hired Dusty Baker as the manager. So the reason why I know it was a Saturday night is because we were driving uh, my family uh, to a family holiday party. And I clearly remember driving to this holiday party and we're listening to KMBR. And I don't even remember who the, uh, you know, who the on air guys were. It may, it may have been Bruce McGowan 
but they were just going like, can you believe this? <laughs> like, is this possible? Is Barry Bonds going to come to the Giants? That's the hot, like, so excited. So we go into this party and my dad, uh, obviously Giants fan, I'm Giants fan and uh, his nephews, uh, Giants fans, my cousins. And so the whole night, we're just talking about bonds. <laughs> like that's like it's 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 a Christmas party, but like everyone's having a Christmas party, and we're just talking about Barry and the idea. Oh, you know it, what? What is he going to do? Is he going to play center field like like Mays? What number is he going to wear? How he you know he wears twenty four. Mays wears twenty four. Like just you know is it how how are he and Clark? Like where are you going to hit him? Is Clark going to hit third and Barry hits fourth? Is Barry going to hit third? Like how is that going to work? And so you know we're basically like you know, putting the lineup together the whole night just with the idea that Bonds is coming. And so that's why I remember the 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 day, like you said, because that's what we were doing that night. It had it wasn't even official uh, really yet, but that's what we were doing that night uh, trying to figure out, you know, is this true? Because it almost felt too good to be true. I was completely waiting for them to go, oh, no, there's been something. In, in, in fact, Barry signing with the Yankees. And and. There's a very good chance the next day I probably went on to my baseball stars game on the uh, <laughs> on, on the SNES, and there's a very good chance I added Barry Bonds to the Giants and played a season. Yeah. There's there's a good chance that happened. <laughs> yes, no, I, I I'm with you on that one. <laughs> uh, so so you know that that's the memory there, and uh, you know for the for the folks who who listen to us on YouTube, I'm also gonna pull this clip out and put it as its own piece because every time you know this time comes around you know maybe we'll be able to reference our discussion on uh, when Barry because it was like just unbelievable it's just one of those things where you're just like I want to believe it but I don't believe it and I I just know that it's not going to be true and and so but it happened and it and it was awesome oh that, so uh, yeah I, I can't remember another I honestly can't remember another free free agent for the Giants since then that we have been that excited about. I remember the Pablo watch after 2014, mm -hmm. you know, uh, oh God, he's on a plane. He's heading to Boston. What is going on? Remember that on well, Twitter? We, well, we had to do that thing with Will the following year. Yeah, that's true to an extent, but I think it was, we had Barry Bonds. I mean, yeah, we love Will true. Clark, but we had Barry Bonds. So it was like, well, we have Barry, you know, and we still had Matt Williams at the time. Yeah. So it was like, okay, well, you know, we're still okay. But, but, but yeah, I don't remember another. We, we tried to talk another. ourselves into Todd Benzinger being able to play first base. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. That whole thing. And then, you know, and then, the, and then the watches of like, you know, okay, the arbitration and, and then with Tim Lincecum, all right, are we going to lock him up for six or seven years? When's right. that going to happen? When are we going to do it? Well, that never happened, but you know, so that type of stuff, but I don't remember ever having another feeling of a free agent like that for the Giants after Barry Bonds. There was nothing like that feeling of getting, you know, like it. Well, actually, you know what? I, I, I shouldn't say that. Bryce Harper. Sure. Bryce Harper, the Bryce Harper but we, watch. I, we didn't get him. But. but we, I think we sort of felt like the whole time, like, you know what? We're being duped. Bryce is using us as his mistress. Like he's not marrying us. He, he's just going to use us as, as the mistress. And I, I sort of felt like that both with him and Stanton. But, you know, the one that kind of came out of nowhere was Barry Zito. 
Right. And that one, that one was baffling too, because we were like, Oh, Barry Zito, we just signed him in a huge deal, but it's Barry Zito. Like we, and, and he hadn't pitched like Barry Zito for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. So when we saw the number, we were like, yikes, that's a huge number we're locking him up for. But you know, that was more of the Barry Bonds is on his way out. We better get another Barry in here. So let's give him a lot of money. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So that's going to do it for this show next week. When we come back, Brad asked me, should we discuss our favorite Christmas albums? So of course, I think that's what we're going to do. You know, we'll still talk giants. This won't be an hour discussion <laughs> no. on, on the best Christmas albums uh, of all time, but we will, or, we will, or mention. will it, or will it? I don't know. No, I've, it's not. Gonna. I have a feeling there's going to be some, some crooning going on in your selection. Oh, there's a, there's a good chance. There's a good, I actually, I can't narrow it down to one. So I think I'm going to pick three. How about let's do our top three and we'll just blast through them next time. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. I think that's a good idea. I, I will have some, I'll have a top three and then I'll have like my favorites that no one else will ever put on their favorites list. Okay. But yeah, let, let, let's come with the top three and then, and then we can come up with a wild card. Like I like this album and I, I listen it. to it. It's probably not on everybody's list, but I've got a great, I've got a great wild card. So, yep. All right. All right. Perfect. So, uh, so thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, we hope that, uh, you had as fun of a time as Brad and I do. I always mention, you know, cause I do a bunch of different podcasts, but this is always my favorite one because, uh, when you get to talk about baseball for one, but then also you get to reminisce and you get to talk about, uh, this stuff with your buddy from college that like, you can't really replace that. Like that's just, that, that's just like the most fun kind of podcast that you can do. So no, I love that. I love talking baseball with you, man. All right. So for Brad, I am double G. We'll see you when we see you. Peace out. Peace. <laughs>